So which member of the podcast has a profile on IMDb? Which member of the podcast? Which person in this room currently of the three of us has a profile on IMDb? Um, Did you believe that well, anyone... <laughs> that narrows it down to two. I'm going to go with producer Michelle. That is incorrect. It is Mike Glendon. There you go. You have a profile? Yeah. He is an actor. I was in a couple I was in a couple short films for my cousin. Three vignettes. Three vignettes. There's another one too. Weak people are fun to torment. And then I was on... Uh, yeah, I actually did PR for that. Okay, this is amazing. Did you do PR for that? Guy? <laughs> you want to hear a really good story? So when I, when I graduated uh, from the PR program at uh, Fanshawe... Oh, we can add change photo. I represent Mike Oh, good. We're updating <laughs> my IMDb profile. So here's the thing is that I didn't know that... I don't even know where that came... I don't know who put it up there. I think my cousin might have because of um, when they had to submit the videos for the film festivals. What do you need to get on IMDb though? Like apparently internet access. <laughs> so what if so, I like make my own movie in like the backyard? And so here's what's really, what, what's what's really really weird about it was that so my cousins Dave and Catherine, um, Dave does a lot of video art. That they're they're both art uh, teachers, yeah, professors. And uh, Catherine is a, a playwright or a poet, and she teaches at uh, Western. And uh, they were both collaborating on some films that they did, the three vignettes and um, a movie called Weak People Are Fun to Torment. They're both, they're all just like short film. And they asked me to be in them as uh, the, one, of the main, one of the main people. And uh, so I did and never acted before. And it was super fun. And then didn't think too much about it. And then I graduated from Fanshawe that same year. And when I graduated, I got a call because I was just applying like literally to do anything because I graduated during the economic crash. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know, I'll do anything that somebody wants to let me do. And I got talking to this guy about uh, helping me out with some PR for this Canadian movie called, what was it called? The Red Pearl? Is that right? And I was living in Tobermory working waiting tables this summer and had all these conversations. He would call me like every day for like a week and a half. We would talk and talk and talk and I'd like work through things. Never wrote anything, never sent him an email, never did anything. I just answered the phone and talked to him for a while and kept thinking that like I was going to help him out with some something. Yeah. Uh, nothing ever happened. And then like six months, eight months later, I was, I put my name into Google as a joke because I had deleted Facebook and I was trying to make sure I was actually gone and my IMDb, IMDb profile popped up and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm like Glenn on IMDb and it came up as these movies and being on the miscellaneous crew. PR that's hilarious on that uh, thing and I was really chipped out because I want to know no one ever told me I'm pretty sure my cousins must, must have done the, the profile I have no idea how this other guy got my profile yeah. updated with his movie but it's just weird how the internet works like that right that's amazing though we were but, talking about this the other day I totally forgot that it was there I said I wonder if Chad knows I have an IMDb Pro <laughs> I'm actually really jealous <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh now that my co-host has an IMDb profile. Now we need to... I, I need it. Can we get the podcast on IMDb? No. Yeah, podcast hosts, like Ebert, podcast Ebert hosts. and Roper, Cooper and Glendon. That's the song for Ebert and Roper. Or Ebert and... 
Ebert and Cooper or Ebert and Glendon. Or <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Five Foot Podcast, everybody. That's good. Welcome to Five Film Podcast. I'm Mike Glennon. And I'm Chad Ebert. One of us has an IMDb profile. (laughs) Uh, Every episode, we select a topic from the series to the ridiculous. Today's sounds ridiculous already. We then choose our top five favorite films for that topic, then have a third person join us to create the final list from our individual lists, which we'll post for you on Twitter and Instagram at Five Film Pod. Today's judge, returning... Out from behind the computer, producer Michelle. And Chad's she, upset with her from last week. She used to be my favorite. She's now. Flip-flop. You flip flop so yeah. much, though. Those protein the bars. The only judge that you consistently love good. is Kate, and it's because she yeah. consistently lets you win. Yeah. Mar- Mario's pretty good. Mario's pretty good. Yeah. Goat. Jay. Yeah. FYI, you just listed all the judges. Goat's dead. Goat's dead to us now. <laughs> oh no! We want him back. Nah. We want him back. We Come back. back. Um, what is today's topic? Today's topic is top five espionage films. It's a big week in the life of uh, Mike Glennon because uh, finally James Bond has been returned to his somewhat gritty, more realistic, kind of brooding roots. So it's and this is a new James Bond film coming out this week. Spectre, great cast, great Les cast. Cedo. The trailer Daniel looks Craig, fantastic. Directed by Sam Mendes and uh, Oberheiser is being played by your boy, who you love from all those Tarantino films. Oh yes, that's uh, Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Waltz. I love how in the trailer at the end, because uh, you don't really know who it is, you just hear yeah, his voice. But you know it's you know it's, it's Waltz, yeah. Love the trailer's him. really really good. Does he, he's another guy who's got a bizarre vocal cadence. Yeah. He he doesn't uh, Christoph Waltz. He doesn't know how to say words like in a normal cadence. I know. All. They all come out weird and choppy. The way he like articulates everything, like yeah. with with his his roles in in Tarantino, I'm doing hand movements right now. At, even at the very very end of the trailer, when he says "Welcome, James," he does it in that weird like "Welcome, James." Yeah. Like he can't. I wonder how he's going to be in it because I wonder if he's going to be similar to be like really his creepy. roles in the Tarantino movies. But I think he's going to be really creepy. I really do. Yeah. No, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I like. Uh, You've only see. seen one Bond film. Yeah. Wow, you just tossed that out there. Yeah, because it's it's a bad yeah, thing. We talked about it last week a little. And bit. the reason why I've only seen one James Bond film is because I have a problem. I can't just start in the middle of nowhere and start watching random James Bond I films. I need to start from the beginning and I need to go on a friggin' but none of them are weekend tied, bender of James Bond films. None of them are tied together films. except for the newest ones. The yeah. newest four are actually an arc. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre are actually a single well, the unified story. The only one I've seen is Casino Royale. And it, it was a very solid movie. movie. I thought it was great, but it just, I don't really know, like, the back history of James Bond and why the love for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you some recommendations 
for James Bond. Yeah, you should watch Doctor No. Cat. I think that's the quintessential. People love Doctor No. Yeah. Uh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger is classic, probably this is classic. The most. The uh, one that is now popular. being considered to be the the best is From Russia with Love. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that uh, the original. Is that Connery group? or it's is Connery. that yeah? Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. And then I think the four new ones. People will argue with me on this one, but those are my like. Yeah. And you still got to think that's like seven movies to watch. People do like Daniel Craig a lot, and he and that's the only one I've seen, and He's I think brutal. he does a really good job. He's who's, your, who's, your, who's your favorite Bond? I like Craig. I you really think Daniel like Craig, Craig is I the like best that. Bond. I like that. Well, because the original ones had that that element of cheese to them a yeah. little bit still, right? Even though there were a lot lots of good things, but they always had this this element of like, all right, Sean Connery's going around. It's, it was like the ultimate in kind of ridiculous gadgets and excessive drinking and womanizing and stuff the new ones are so i kind of know what you dark. mean by like, that. you know what i mean like they're you watch them now and they seem so much an artifact of their time that's that's kind of why like and i can austin, totally austin see people. powers right exactly. became exactly like because i think it always did have that that cheesiness to it so like it was really easy to make like a parody yep. on like that right yep they have characters named like octopusy and stuff i mean yeah just just and sharks with freaking laser beams, beams. On their head. <laughs> Not that far of a stretch. Uh, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that you don't have any uh, Bond films on your... Well, I was actually, an honorable mention is going to be Casino Royale. Okay. So it was, uh, it was a great movie. It was action-packed and uh, I, Good I found acting. it... Yeah, very, very entertaining. Yeah. Um, Good story, actually, I thought yeah. too. It made me want to watch all the other Bond films, but again, I need to clear like a weekend and you sh- you should watch Skyfall. Yeah, you need to watch Quantum of Solace to finish the story arc, but it's not as good of a movie. Remember when you watch it that it was made during the writer's strike? Yeah, and that, and that Daniel Craig allegedly had to write half the script himself as they were shooting. Because really, it, they didn't have a choice. And he said uh, he said it on, on a couple of occasions that the movie wasn't what it should have been. Yeah, because, because of that. Yeah. See, when they get a good director on, like when Sam Mendes came on board yeah. and he did Skyfall, like Skyfall, I remember when that came out, they're like, this may be like it the is best good. James Bond movie of all time. Javier's crazy in it. Yeah. Really? And I like Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's amazing. They've been rumoring that Chris Nolan's set up to take the last one after this one. That's really? That's what he's waiting for. Because he's always said he want, that's what he wanted to do, is direct a Bond film. Wow. That's one thing he wanted to do in his career. That'd be huge. Would be huge. That'd be huge for the franchise. Cause and Craig's Chris- only got one more left on his contract. Christopher Nolan's movies just make a stupid amount of money. Like all really of do. them. All of them. All the the Dark Knights. Um, Inception made Inception a lot of money. Inception made a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Insomnia, do. Memento. They made they made good money. They're but, early. I love yeah. Insomnia. Okay. Um, I you got. got a, uh, yeah, I got a definition of what okay. espionage is, so I'm going to read that out. <laughs> espionage. <laughs> <laughs> The practice of spying or of using spies, typically by governments, to obtain political and military information. That's good. So, uh, with that in mind. So hold on. So oh, sorry. So every 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 movie has to have an element of that, right? Yeah. So it has to be someone spying on someone, or like this. That like what? What did you look at when you were making this list? Yeah, actually, most you, of mine are are. Um, actually very government spy oriented okay one two three the only one that's not the only one that's not is my number two i think it kind of is two um even my honorable mentions are a little bit 
Uh, one of my honorable mentions is Army of Shadows, which is about the French resistance during World War II. It's a 1969 French film. Ah, yes, okay. Very, very good. I've never seen that. And um, I'm, I'm, we, are, we already talked about From, Ru- from Russia with Love, uh, which I think might be the best of the original Bond films. My only other honorable mention is uh, The Ipcrest File with Michael Caine. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, no. That's a good movie. Michael Caine seems like he should be in a lot of spy films. Yeah, this was like one of those, it's not like a cheesy spy film. It's like a bit of a gritty kind of, like not, no no real action, just more of a like what like a day-to-day sort of yeah. spy type thing. Although it gets a little bit brainwashy at the end. What's with spy films and like British actors? Like It's like you need a British actor. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it, like not a spy film without I one. think it has to do with Bond. Yeah, I guess so. And just because of the timing of it. Because Bond goes back to 67, 6, somewhere in there. It's that British accent. Like even yeah. another another good movie that uh, that could be considered an espionage is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's a great movie. I almost actually put, Might that, make it appear put that on my list. Might make it appear <laughs> You have any more honorable mentions before we kick it off? No, I'm just gonna just gonna keep with Bond, my All only right. Bond, my one and only. Well, then I, <laughs> I will start us off with my number five, which is the 1965 Martin Ritt film, The Spy Who Came In from the Cold, with Richard Burton and Claire Bloom, a movie that I just saw f- relatively recently. I think it was in the last year, but a British spy who refuses to come back to Britain during the Cold War in the 60s and instead is sent to East Germany. Uh, Burton, really good performance, gritty. Uh, it's based on a John Lacare film. Ten of his novels have been adapted for films. That's got to be some sort of record wow. for a writer. Taylor Panama, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Spy came in from that camera. I don't know. Stephen King, he, uh, yeah. he does pretty well. And there's a new one coming up called One of Our Kind, directed by Susanna White. Interesting, though. Uh, John Lacare used to work for MI6. Really? Yeah, the British Secret Service. Wow. And well, I, that, that kind of makes sense. Could be wrong on this. My understanding is that he started writing under a fake pen name while he was in the Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So it might make sense why some of his are all the life experience, right? He can mm-hmm. write about what he knows. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. Um, my uh, my number five is the James Cameron film True Lies, ah. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, it's about a secret uh, secret agent whose uh, life is uh, turned upside down when he finds out that his wife, or suspects that his wife, is cheating on him with a used car salesman, played by uh, Bill uh, Bill Paxton, who's yeah. actually great in this movie. He is really good. This is a James Cameron movie that doesn't get talked about a lot. I know. A lot of people forget, I think, that James yeah. Cameron did this movie. But when this movie came out, it came out in 1994. Yep. I remember it was in the summer, and it was a huge hit. It was a big hit. Like people, I remember people were like, you got to see this, you got to see it in the theater because of, yeah. of the action involved in it. This kind of restored Jamie Lee Curtis's career as well. Yeah, because she kind of disappeared for the early part of the 90s. Yeah. She became a sex symbol more so yep. in, in After this movie. Yep, after that one. Yep. Because um, she was in the 80s with like trading places and a lot of her, uh, a lot of her earlier work there, but... Mm-hmm. This kind of like shot her up again to um, yep. kind of more mainstream roles. But uh, yeah, just really entertaining movie. Uh, one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's better films, mm-hmm. I, I feel. James Cameron loved Arnold. Arnold I there. know he did. Yeah, used him in uh, obviously the Terminator, the Terminator. Terminator 1 and 2. Oh. But um, no, they worked well together. Like every movie is, is very entertaining. So, um, 
My number four is the 2006 Martin Campbell film Casino Royale with Craig, Judy Dench, and Eva Green. This movie was directed by Martin Campbell, who also directed the James Bond film Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan in the early 90s. Yeah. It's weird that he... Goldeneye was the best of those, the Brosnan ones. I would argue the other ones were so disturbingly bad that... Uh, Are they really They're really bad? They're really bad. Goldeneye's actually good. Yeah, Goldeneye, the first one, and, yeah. then, and then the rest, no good? Goldeneye is the original. I don't like any of the other Pierce Brosnan ones. I know Jay really likes all the Pierce Die Brosnan ones. Die Another Day or... Oh, man, some of them are just never so... Dies. Somebody who doesn't like cheesy things like you, yeah. you really... Do, you I can, I you can will see. get really tripped out. If you ever see the one that they did with Halle Berry, you yeah. will spend so much of your time rolling your eyes. I going, think that's what Die Another Day. Happened? I think you're right. Yeah. And the vote Denise Richards is really bad, too. That's Tomorrow Never Dies. I yeah, think. that that one has... So, Judy Dench is in all those still. Really? Yeah, and I don't know how... They must have been the paycheck because she's a great actress. And there's a scene at the end of the one with Denise Richards where they have an infrared camera and they figure out that James is having sex with Denise Richards' character. Oh, yeah. And it's right around Christmas time and Judy Dench actually utters the line, Oh, Christmas came early. Really? The double meaning on that. Yeah. Judy Dench actually had to say that on film. Can you... Yeah, that's terrible. Even imagine... Dame Judy Dench? The Jane, Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. She probably was just like, I'm not. And then... Does she play the same character? As yeah, she, she plays Em in all of them. Yeah. But I just... When I, saw, I thought, oh my God, that poor woman. Wow. Why would they make her say that's the worst? Yeah, some lines when they're cringeworthy like that. Oh, it's like the end of Jurassic World. Those are the movies I can't take. Yeah, yeah you're going to... Yeah, you might freak out during those. It's probably not a good... Good idea um, for me to watch that. But Casino Royale was great. Yeah. Uh, the original, the, sorry, kind of goes back to the roots of Bond. Uh, he goes out on his first mission and uh, try to defeat uh, the arms dealer in a high stake game, high stakes game of poker at Casino Royale. When you look at the synopsis, you think it could be kind of cheesy. He's going to play poker. Yeah. They do a really good job of making it suspenseful. Oh, yeah. I thought uh, the tension in that movie is crazy amazing. Good. Yeah. A return to the Gritty Bond. No gadgets. They also did some good globe trotting. I like the fight scene on top of the cranes. When the fight scenes in are amazing in great. it. Yeah. Um, Craig is perfect for this role. Written by Paul Haggis. Yeah, that's right. A boy yeah, from I'm London. Remember. Went to the same public school that you went to and also went to Fanshawe, which is where I went to my postgrad. London, Ontario boy. Yeah. St. Thomas More St. Elementary Thomas School. That's where I went. That's our claim to fame. Paul Haggis? Yeah. Paul, Paul and Haggis, Chai Cooper though. podcast. Extraordinary. <laughs> Paul Haggis, to me, though, is slightly overrated. Like, he, he also wrote Million Dollar Baby. So he did, and he, Crash. he did some good writing. He directed Crash. Yeah. Did he, did he direct Crash? He directed it, yeah. Because he, he was up for best director, director for that. Director, right. He's been, he's been distancing himself from that movie a little bit recently. He came out uh, a couple times in the summer and said that he thought that it was. Uh, overrated for its time yeah no honestly crash isn't isn't that great like i remember i read an article a couple weeks ago about like all the best picture winners that were like big surprises (laughs) and like that when you look back on them it really didn't age well and it was a really bad decision and they talk about that was the last one that happened since then they haven't actually Hmm. picked a bad best picture which you can debate you know what's that, weird is that the the two sorry the 90s through to the through until crash gets like a weird rap like all the ones when best pictures are getting like a bunch of flack now yeah Amer- american beauty's got backlash forrest gump is, gets a ton of backlash i know now. forrest gump does because they say it's like cheesy i, I think like forrest gump's an amazing movie but, but i get because it won best picture right it law it 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 beat 
two amazing movies. It beat Pulp Fiction and it beat The Shawshank Redemption. Two of like arguably the best movies (laughs) of all time. That's tough. Yeah. That's a tough one. If if you give it to like I have no problem with Forrest Gump winning that best actor or best picture Oscar over Pulp Fiction. Like yeah, Pulp Fiction is an awesome movie. It's so well done in every way. Pulp Fiction changed the course of cinematic history. I would argue. You think that deserves it? Oh, yeah. Over Shawshank? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not that the other one's a bad movie. I just think, when you're thinking of a best picture, I have a tendency to think, like, kind of... I agree. If we look back in 20 years, what are we really going to think? What stands is like, out the most? Like, yeah. What was important historically? What's your favorite of the three? A Pulp Fiction, probably. Is it? And then Forrest Gump. Yeah? Yeah. Over Shawshank. I like Forrest Gump. And Shawshank's great, too. I love Shawshank, but I hear you. It's hard, it's hard to, to pick between those three. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go on to uh, my number four. My number four is a 1974 film, The Conversation, mm. directed by Francis Ford Coppola, yeah. starring Gene Hackman, John Cazale, and Alan Garfield. He always seemed like he should have been a natural for directing a spy film to me. Francis Ford, yeah, because this was done right after Godfather 2, yeah, which he did Godfather 1 in 1971, yep. and then he did Godfather 2 in 1973, so that's like a lot of work that you're putting into that. Like Those, those movies took a lot, yeah. lot of years to film, and then he goes and does The Conversation, which also was up for Best Picture. Yeah. This was right after... One um, of his movies people don't talk about a lot. Yeah, and it's, an, am- really it's an amazing film. This is one that we actually took in film class to learn uh, um, about sound and sound editing. Really? Yeah, because it does a really good job on that. Like mm. the way, because he's always, he's, he's spying on yeah. people. He's listening to people's conversations. Oh, I need to and, uh, yeah, it's pay attention to that next time. Great movie. Um, Gene Hackman, this was after his French Connection Oscar win. Yeah, so. You don't like French Connection that much? I've watched it a second time since like I said that, and I do like it a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's just I feel like that movie's dated. I feel like the French Connection is yeah, dated. Exactly. It's good. I agree. But, I agree. I agree with you. Um, but I guess it, French Connection got so much acclaim because of like a lot of different things that they did, like the chase scene and the yep. way that it was filmed. The chase scene, the handheld e- camera. Yeah, even if you watch the chase scene now, you can kind of get a bit of a sense of like, oh wow, this is. They did a really good job it's on that. It's pretty cool. for it It's is. ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. And then there's a scene at the beginning of the French Connection when he's when they're chasing after this uh, uh, this you know, guy who, like, robbed somebody. And then uh, um, the camera is, like, I think it's, like, tied to his chest because you can he's, see yeah, like, he's running. shaking. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how they do it. But yeah. um, it just seems so basic now. Yep. But, yeah, no, great movie, great performances. Um, I love the uh, – it's just, like – it's such like a subtle film and it's it's so like slow paced but it's so interesting because you're just like you're kind of like listening in on other people's lives and it's about um uh, a surveillance expert that uh he suspects a couple that he's spying on Mm -hmm. uh will be murdered and there's a plot against them so um it's pretty cool how it unravels it was a good movie uh my number three uh, you mentioned earlier the 2011 film Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Which uh, you got it on. I actually, this might be my favorite movie of the last few years. Yeah, I remember you. You were the one that told I me to watch lo- it. I loved it. Yeah. The cast, so directed by Thomas Alfredson, but the cast: Colin Firth, Gary Oldman, Tom Hardy, John Hurt, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mark Strong, Toby Jones. So this is just a. British. It is, yeah, it's like all <laughs> of the good, yeah, all of yeah. the good British actors show up in one spot, and it, it was uh, wasn't the first one. 
Gary Oldman and Tom Hardy have done a couple of films together now. They did this one. They did the third Batman. They yeah. did Lawless. And they've got another... Uh, I think they were in that... Um, Ch- uh, Child 44 that came out just last year. Yeah. They've done like, and they've got another... They've been like four or five films together. Wow. Yeah. Um, set in 1970s London follows the hunt for a Soviet double agent in the British Secret Service. The ending is awesome. Another one of those movies that doesn't have a whole lot of action per se, but when it does come up, it's like kind of shocking. Yeah. And I... I thought this was the best movie of 2011. I think Gary Oldman could have won over Jean Dujardin for The Artist. Yeah. Gary Oldman was amazing in this. It wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, I don't really know it how. It screenplay. It did. Yeah. Um, and I th- really think Tom Hardy should have been nominated for Best Supporting because he's got a couple amazing scenes in it. Yeah. The one, yeah, the one where he... I don't know if you remember it. I've seen it probably 10 I times. Saw, I saw it Would uh, he show, there's, 2011. Yeah, there's one scene where he goes into Gary Oldman's house when he's just kind of like returned because they think he's kind of crossed over to the other side and he sneaks into his house and he's sitting in his living room and he has this like conversation with him about like why he came back and what's been going on in his life and I've... It's it's amazing. It's, he's like so anxious. He's like on the verge of tears, kind of thing. But he's not crying. But he just looks like he's shaking all yeah. the time. And like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Like that just make make the scene. Eh? So good. That's awesome. And I think it should have won adapted screenplay, but it didn't. Yeah. This is Gary Oldman's first Oscar nom, which is ridiculous to me too. We were talking about. Uh, we were talking last week about um, Chris Plummer getting his first Oscar. Yeah. Recently, Gary Oldman got his first Oscar nomination for this movie. That was his first yeah. nomination. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he necessarily was in movies enough before deserve, but it just seems he's been around forever, and he's generally he's a highly acclaimed actor, highly acclaimed, really. Yeah. yeah, like he was great in um, what is it? Uh, the professional Leon, the professional, mm-hmm. where he plays the bad yeah, guy in that. Yeah, he's amazing. In that. They spent 18 months trying to find someone to play Oldman's character, and they almost canceled the entire movie because they couldn't find anybody. And then hmm. they found really? him. Yeah. Um, Oldman's the man. Fazbender was originally cast in it in the role that Tom Hardy took. But uh, the producer has said, when, when they did the uh, screenings for it, he said that he likes Tom Hardy because he has the look and feel of a young Robert Redford. Yeah, he's he's got that tough guy way about him because we talked about that uh, he's, last week with like the older actors like Humphrey Bogart being you know, one of those strong, tough characters yeah. and... Tom Hardy has that way. Hardy's one of those guys who, if you go back, I think, and this just might be my Tom Hardy like love, but you go, we fast forward twenty years, thirty years, we're, we're gonna look back on this time and be like, wow, Tom, like he never did a bad movie. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Oh, man. I like that movie, The Drop, with him and James Gandolfini. I liked it a lot too. Yeah, didn't get a lot of press. Really entertaining, just a great yeah. little flick. That and yeah. again, like all of the movies that that Hardy's in, he is just. There's just something about his character in all those movies that is so good. They're so authentic. They're yeah. just so well done. No, that's a I really like this movie. Great call. All right, my number uh, three is the 1987 film No Way Out. Ah. You seen this movie? I have. This great, is a great movie. Underrated movie. Yeah. Starring Kevin Costner, another Gene Hackman film. Yep. You're going for all the uh, the unknowns in this one. Yeah, and then I like Sh- that movie. And Sean Young, who was in Blade Runner. Yes. Um, so it's... Uh, I like Sean Young. This is actually a political, political mm-hmm. film, political cover-up, because uh, 
Gene Hackman um, is, uh, you see him actually commit murder, and then it's about him covering it up, and and then Kevin Costner knows because he saw the murder, and then he's trying to find a way to actually like bring it out. But um, yeah, it's 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 like a kind of a cat and mouse type film, and very suspenseful. Very good acting. This is one of Kevin Costner's underrated films Agreed. too, because he uh, he's he's a better actor than I feel people give him credit for, and I think he's more talented. Like I think he is too. Yeah. What are? Do you think that Kevin Costner got? Was there a point like was it after Waterworld that everyone <laughs> decided they didn't like him anymore? It probably was after Waterworld. <laughs> there was always like a little bit of hate though. I think because like he was considered that kind of sex symbol, like you know, really good looking lead actor that. They just didn't think that he really had that much talent. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of like made it more so that he was like living off of his looks. He he definitely has a better filmography than I think people remember. Well, Dances with Wolves is considered by some to be one of the best movies of all time. He directed that. He acted in and it. And he was in it. That's, it is a masterpiece. I think that's a fantastic I fully movie. agree. He's won two Academy Awards, but I'm, I'm just trying to think of some of the really good movies. I mean, The Big Chill... Yeah, he, three is he, wasn't good. In, he wasn't in the big chill though. They cut his scenes out. I know. He plays the dead. That's a good movie. The dead, <laughs> the dead he was friend. in. So so, where did he go wrong here? The Untouchables was and that's, well received. Field that's of good. Field of Dreams. Yeah, Field of Dreams is great. Uh, Tin Revenge, Cup. and then Dances with Wolves was the big one. And then he did the nineteen ninety one Robin Hood, which I actually love. I know. Yeah, that's and another he, good. Then film. he did JFK, and then this is where it went a little bit weird. He did The Bodyguard. And uh, that yeah, and that's where <laughs> that's where he started to get a little bit. Then he did a couple things here and there that I don't really know. JFK though, JFK, JFK is a is fantastic great. film. And then basically a couple years after he did the Bodyguard was when he did Waterworld, and then Tin Cup, and then the Postman. There's a bad yeah, movie. the Postman got cut up. Message in a bottle. You ever see the movie Dragonfly that he did? kind of like a uh, psychological two, 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 2001 or 2002 slam yeah yep good good movie yep i liked it it was then, a hor- it was it was a horror movie but it also had like a lot of psychological kind of like a psychological thriller then after that he just he seems to have done all these kind of swing vote company men man of steel three days to kill draft day draft day was really good yeah draft day was very so yeah like he kind of pops up here and there in these in these movies and yeah i i don't hate kevin costner the way people have a tendency to hate on him recently but well yeah no i think uh, no way out is a movie that probably not a lot of people have seen and i think it I is a movie so that i'm sp- a little surprised that you put it on there it's it's very it's very solid and it's very entertaining yeah. and he's really good in it too keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time for sure my number two i almost didn't put on my list because i didn't really think of it as being a spy film uh is the 1959 hitchcock film north by northwest Cons- a lot of people wouldn't even consider it to be a spy film. I, cons- I considered this on my list as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, uh, with Cary Grant, even St. Marie and James Mason, I, it's, it's kind of cool because it definitely is a spy film, but it's told from the viewpoint of an innocent man who has no clue what's going on. Yeah. So you don't really even know that it's a spy film until the end of the movie because you're not really sure why he's being chased. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a film noir a little, little bit, bit that yep. way too because you are trying to like figure out what's going on and the, you're kind of like watching the main actor and going through it with him and trying to figure it out with him. Yep. So it's got elements of that. Weird fact though, Cary Grant's character is shown on the left side of the screen in almost every single scene that he's in. Yeah? I don't know why. 
I've, no I've never found a reason for it. Alfred Hitchcock's. He's always on the, he's like all, all, he's on the left side like ninety five percent of the time for doing that. Maybe that was Cary Grant's better Maybe it's his side. Good side. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I bet that is it. That's kind of weird though. Actors eh? back then were like crazy like that, you know. Yeah, we were watching. It's, it's strange how much they do that stuff because when the second Spider-Man film came out with Tobey Maguire, yeah, I went to see it with. We were young. I went to see like my dad, and my brothers, and stuff. And in the middle of the movie, my dad leans over and he goes, he goes, watch mcguire's face he's got a scar on the left side of his he's got like a little you, you can you, you had to watch it in imax to even see it was there okay he's got like a little little scar on like left side of his face yeah and we were watching the movie and all of a sudden you would notice that the scar would move to the right side of his face in like different scenes really so they were like flipping i i don't really understand the technical aspect of you know it was probably lighting related and that sort of thing but they would actually like flip the image throughout the movie Depending on what they needed his face to kind of that's funny portray and stuff, but in IMAX you could you could tell back then they could they'd probably correct that sort of stuff now as yeah. digital technology got better. But we were looking at it and it really as soon as I noticed it I was like, I know you think they would weird they would have. see that like whoever's editing the film maybe they just couldn't do anything about it at the time yeah who knows but it, it just it just totally screwed me up because then I couldn't could look at anything else for the entire movie. So the first Hitchcock film comes on the list yeah North by Northwest. I just well, bought it. I'm going to go into uh, my number two and uh, state another Alfred Hitchcock Ooh. film. That's a 1956 yeah. movie, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Too much. Which is yeah. also a remake that I considered on last yep. week's list. And is also a very underrated movie. And Alfred Hitchcock made both of them. I think that's the only time a director has actually remade his own film. I don't think there's any other movie out there where... Oh, that's a good trivia. I'd love yeah. some. I'd love someone to fact check that. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody else has huh. done that. So. Why would you remake your own movie? Yeah. Actually, what well, what year did, did the original one come out? It was in the th- late thirties. Okay, so yeah. he maybe it, it was a tech. I think that was the reason because yeah he he like left so much out of it that they wouldn't allow into it at that time. But he made the man who knew too much the remake in 1956. Yep, it's a way better movie though. It's James Stewart and Doris Day. Um, it's about a family vacationing in Morocco. They accidentally stumble on an assassination plot, and the um, their boy, uh, their little boy, becomes part of it, and he gets kidnapped. And it's all about like them trying to find uh, find him. And it could also be kind of considered a film noir as well, because um, you don't really know what's going on. You're trying to completely agree. It out as well. I was thinking that a lot of the spy espionage films have that. They they cross over a lot with uh, the film noir. Yeah genre because yeah i guess it's just all about uh trying to figure stuff out there are i just fact checked you there are nine directors who have remade their own really movies well they're not all hollywood directors is Uh, there any main uc jiro uh ozu the original film the story of the floating weeds in 1934 and again it's interesting the timing on this because he remade floating weeds in 1959 Hmm. so um Michael, oh, that's interesting. Michael, uh, oh God, Haneke, yeah, did remade Funny Games. I forgot oh, he directed yeah, the yeah, original yeah. one. So he did the one because he remade the American version with uh, Naomi Watts. And it's weird because they're both really similar. Like, yeah, I wonder why he did that. I don't know either. Uh, Michael Mann remade. Yeah, I actually knew this one. Manhunter. No, L.A. Takedown uh, is Heat. 
but the the catch is that LA Takedown is a TV movie. Okay. And it's not uh, like a movie movie. Yeah. George Sluzer did Spurloose. Spurloose, yeah, I know Spurloose. 1988, and then remade it into a movie called The Vanishing 1993. Yep. Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille did The Ten Commandments in 1923 and then did it again in 1956. Yeah, that's actually one I knew. Cecil B. DeMille. Takashi Shimizu. Oh. Oh, wow. He did uh, The Grudge. The original and the and, uh, the two thousand two and the, and the two yeah he he I didn't know he did the two thousand four movie really and then uh, Ole oh man oh boy Ole <laughs> Bornadal did a movie called Nata Viga- <laughs> Nata Vigaten sounds Swedish to me uh, in nineteen ninety four and then did the movie uh, Night Watch in nineteen ninety seven that's interesting that there's so many and then Hitchcock the man who knew too much but that's funny though that he, um. A couple of these guys had that. Oh, and, and the last one is uh, John Woo, who did Once a Thief and Once a Thief, 91 and 96. Mm, yeah. It's interesting, though, that a couple of them, I don't really know why. Like, if the John Woo one, it seems like there's a language reason here. Yeah. A couple of these look like they were remade, you know, from a foreign language film into a Hollywood film, and they got the same guy to direct. A couple of these were made in the same decades, like the 1930s being remade in the 50s. The weird one is that I don't understand why you would make funny people twice there's a lot of movies on there i wonder why they would make or funny games but... sorry yeah i also haven't seen funny games i i just uh hmm. i haven't I haven't, I haven't watched either one either but i don't really get torture films oh. okay sorry no I got sidetracked all right we're on to your your number my one. number one the 1949 film the third man by carol reed joseph cotton Lita Valley and Orson Welles. I really get Orson Welles story from this story, from this movie. Okay. Uh, pulp novelist Holly Martin's travels uh, to post-war Vienna to find himself investigating the mysterious death of an old friend. Um, took me a little while to figure out if it was really a spy film. It gets it gets put up a lot on film noir lists, uh, but I included it as a spy film. Uh, it has a lot of spy elements as well. It's in post-war Vienna. There's the government agencies and the kind of yeah. double side type aspects to it. Uh, so I would say you could, this is the one that rides the line the most. You could argue this one one way or the other. Film it's noir kind of a 50, or, 50. Or yeah. Spy, yeah. My funny story is this <laughs> Orson Welles uh, disappeared for extended, literally but like very extended periods of time to just travel around Europe during production. and <laughs> wouldn't tell anybody. He's such a weird guy. He's such a weird guy. Uh, so in, in the movie, there's a ton of body doubles that were used in his place for non-speaking parts and the movie was really really famous for all these like crazy shots of um uh, carol reed walking and kind of running down the sewers in vienna right it's like one of the most iconic pieces yeah they only did that as a way of procrastinating while they would spend days out trying to figure out where orson welles went seriously yeah it wasn't supposed to be part of the movie that's hilarious wow and that actually adds to the film a lot i agree but it's kind of weird i i remember hearing um an interview with Dave Lynch on the, uh, I think he's ever been called Dave. I can't remember who did that. David, David Lynch, Lynch <laughs> on uh, Dave Lynch. one of the Twin Peaks things. And he had said that uh, he likes to look for what he calls uh, happy accidents. We've talked about this a couple of times yeah. about like, you know, Bob wasn't supposed to be in Twin Peaks. So he has all the, all these references about if, if you're just kind of open to letting things happen, you will find that things turn out better than you expected anyways. 
And this is a really good example of that happening. Orson Welles had been a much more uh, prompt individual. They wouldn't have got. They probably wouldn't have been that. It's kind of cool though when things like that happen. Yeah. You know, like you can you can talk about Jaws in that regard. How when the shark certainly shark broke down and they actually couldn't use it as much as they wanted to, but it so actually had to take added it out. to the movie. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I feel like Jaws wouldn't have been as good. Like it still would have been great, but. It wouldn't have been a 10 out of 10 masterpiece that I talk about on every other podcast. And again, for anybody who hasn't seen it, Orson Welles' drunk outtakes on that wine commercial is still the greatest Please thing. Please watch it, yes. It is. It's amazing. On the internet. <laughs> All right, good number one. I'm going to introduce my number one with uh, a very popular intro. Hey. The best of those of that group. <laughs> so that's uh, Mission Impossible, the 1996, the first one of the series, starring good. Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, directed really, really by good. Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. who um, made in, made actually a lot of good movies. When you look at his, uh, like we talked about him last week, he did Scarface, mm-hmm. um, he did Carlito's Way. That's a good movie. Yeah, he's got a got a lot of good films. He did Carrie, the original mm-hmm. Carrie. Um, but yeah, no, this this movie. I saw it in, in the movie theater. I was in grade six going grade into grade six. seven yeah. summer. And uh, I loved it. It was like such a great theater experience because it yeah. was such an awesome, like action-packed film. Um, all the, uh, like the, it just kind of opens with a bang. Like they're on that job and uh, I think it's in Paris. And then like all this craziness, everybody's like double-crossing each other. And like... This was a movie that, that did a good job of, of feeling tense. And had a lot of action without being like a. There, there weren't a ton of explosions. Yeah. There were. There was. I think I started saying that there was no gunfire in the entire movie. Yeah, which it is did. rare for a. It wasn't violent. Like it no, wasn't a violent film for like. But when you think about it, you kind of think that it is violent, yeah. just the way that it, yeah. it was made. And yeah. It's, Another uh, movie that Tom Cruise was actually really good in. Really good. Yeah. yeah. People forget that this was actually a good movie. This might have been, honestly, the best career choice of Tom Cruise's, like, career. whole, yeah, career. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, when you been. think about it, because he's still making Mission Impossibles, the yeah. last one just came out this summer, and, yeah. uh, I yeah. didn't see it, I haven't seen it yet. These make the most money of, like, Didn't any, any of Tom Cruise's movies, too. So, I love John Voight in this movie. Yeah. He's great. Ving Rhames. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just overall really, really entertaining. I don't think any of them come close to the first one. Uh, I would agree. The, after, the, after the first one, they all became more typical action films. Yeah, John Woo directed the second yeah. one. The first one is, is a good... I actually would stand up and say it's actually a good film. Yeah, I, I, I give it a solid And idea. also, not a lot of really big actors in it. I mean, Voight is in it and Cruz is in it, but a lot of the other guys are not... Yeah, not Estevez is in it for some reason. Yeah, he's in there the, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of the other ones were uh, were foreign. And you got to love yeah, the scene when he's uh, when he comes in from the the ceiling there, and the uh, the Dream alarm is. comes on. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so tense. And then yeah. when the sweat like drips off yeah. of his head, that's so well filmed. That scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely uh, one of the better Cruise movies. That's a good one. That's my uh, that's my number one espionage All film. All right. Uh, we'll run down the top five. So my number five, uh, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Mine is True Lies. At number four, we have Casino Royale. Mine's The Conversation. Number three, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Mine is No Way Out. Number two, North by Northwest. 
Number two is the man who knew too much. And number one, the third man. That was a sneeze, by the way. And my number one is Mission Impossible. The original. Both of our number twos are uh, Hitchcock films. Hi, Chad. I'm stealing your microphone. Okay. Um, So I apologize for a second. I was eating protein bar. Okay, so... (laughs) Unnecessary information. I didn't want to be too stealth about the situation. The audience, ah, the audience ah, is get officially... It? Get it? Do you get it? Stealth? Espionage? People ah, need too much. It's a good ah, protein bar. It's ah. a good segue. <laughs> Number five. Uh, a spy who came in from the cold versus true lies. I'm going to go with true lies. I'm going to be honest. I don't really have a lot to say about these episodes. I know you're not really a big spy film. It's not even that I'm not a big spy film. It's just you guys like discuss them in quite a lot of depth. And I feel like you touched on all the things thank that you. I needed to say. On behalf of both of us, thank you. That's why we're podcast hosts and you're a producer. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> also, we don't know what we're doing. That's okay. I get side. to make you lose if I want, Chad. <laughs> Casino Royale versus The Conversation. Nope. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Did you actually just try and... Shush you. See? Don't, doc, si- doc. don't silence my person, Michael. Dock him points. Dock him points. Uh, yeah. Points have been docked. Consider that... A point, and then I will award you the win for Casino Royale, for, uh, because. So here's the problem I have with James Bond films is that the new ones are the only ones I've seen. Uh, that's but that's I not ha- a problem. But I have to see them again every time that a new one comes out because I don't remember what happened in the last one. You do have the memory of a hummingbird. It's a goldfish. Yeah. Thank you. I like hummingbird. Number three, a movie crazy? I do remember very well: Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Which is an amazing movie. Like when they're all singing the Russian national anthem in the movie. Yes. You gave that the win. Yeah. Over. Uh... Over No Way Out. Okay. Because I really enjoy Tinker Tailor, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, mostly because like I can never remember how to say it. We should have a conversation about if Tom Hardy is the best actor of his generation or not. I'm, I'm down three right now. I really want to see his new movie no, with the, um, the Reverend. Yeah, true, the Reverend, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, directed by the Revenant. guy that did Birdman. Revenant. Revenant? I thought it was Revenant. 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 Anyway, doesn't coming out, matter. It's coming out soon. Uh, they directed that entire thing, or they filmed the whole thing with only natural light, with that, which I it's find is cool. pretty badass. Uh, okay, number two, North by Northwest versus The Man Who Knew Too Much. Again, movies I've seen. <sighs> That's a good, good, good Hitchcock. Yes. Uh, North by Northwest is going to get the win on this one. And then lastly... I'm going to have to go with Mission Impossible. Oh. Because I actually really like Tom Cruise in that, despite my previous statements about his couch jumping. Yeah, I think you need to reevaluate your Tom Cruise. Okay, here's... I think you do too. I think you are too. Props for Tom Cruise. He does all of his own stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Have you... Wait, just a second. Have you ever... seen the clip of him climbing on the building. Is that what you're going with? have you ever seen that clip of him climbing up the building in Dubai? Who hasn't seen the clip of climbing up the building? But like the behind the scenes one where they actually show him hanging out there? Yeah. He's just like hanging out. Have you seen... You... That is preemptive. Not preemptive, I won. Nobody can hear it. Now they can hear it. Just making sure everyone knows that you won. Victory. Did you? Sorry. Bless you. Continue. That was also a sneeze. Thank you. So Chad... It hasn't been a good couple weeks for you. Not bad though. Three twos are. Uh, it really hasn't. Th- three two is is a good one though. That's that's a nice battle. 
Are you going to stop at the stairs and run up them and listen to it? Oh, no. My neighbors are going to go off. So, the final list at number five. True Lies. Number four, we have Casino Royale. Number three, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Number two, North by Northwest. And number one. I can proudly say number one, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. With Tom Cruise. With Who Tom. is had a great run in the 90s. Under, underrated actor. Now he is. Few Good Men, Interview with the Vampire, The Firm, Days of Thunder. Okay, Born on the 4th of July. Like Can I? Have a, I've never seen Days of Thunder. I've never seen Days of Thunder. Never seen Days of Thunder. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I put that out there as a question, but it was a statement. I used to ride my bike around my. I lived in a in a court, and I used to ride it around in the circle, pretending I was Tom Cruise. Days of Thunder. What was his I name? I remember when Cole they, Trickle. Yeah, his name's Cole Trickle in it, and I used to always pretend that I was him, and I used name. to hum the theme song from it. His last name is Trickle. Yeah. The theme song's awesome. They got everything to... Yeah, that's true. It was. I remember when they had the... Uh, I remember when they had the uh, Days of Thunder ride at Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. Late 90s. That was one of those uh, rides where you watch the, the screen... The big screen and the, and the chair, chair moves. moves. Yeah, with it. I think now I just find it annoying, but at the time I was pretty into it. Now the one that they have, I was there a few weeks ago and it's like dinosaurs, but you gotta pay $15 to go into what? it. What? Yeah. Like... Ludicrous. You know how much Canada's Wonderland is like now like... It's really expensive, yeah. yeah it's it's 65 bucks to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Crazy. Well, we'll see you guys next week. I don't even know what we're doing next week. <gasps> no, we got to come up with some stuff. Christmas season's coming up. Hopefully, uh, our Twitter followers can uh, maybe throw out some, some uh, ideas some for requests. Us. Yeah. Awesome. See you guys next week. Do you have anything to sing? <laughs> do you have anything to sing for us while you're here? That isn't the theme song for Rocky. For Days of Thunder. Or Days of Thunder. It's a great theme. Who does that? I think it's Hans Zimmer. My boy Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Or it could be my boy John Williams, who is the best. No, it's time. not John Williams. John Williams was making Steven Spielberg films when that came out. I'm not sure why, but this wine has really like done a little pow. Okay. Lightweight. <laughs> Welcome back to Stump the Coop, episode two. Segment two? Segment two. It's the second episode in which we are stumping the coop. And I'm going to do a lot damn better this time. I don't want no freaking questions about what profession somebody had and before their acting career. That's not a movie question. Maybe if you had better answers, you wouldn't feel so bad about the questions. <laughs> All right, let's, let's see if we can stump. Number one. Stump the coop. True or false? Mark Wahlberg's character survives the perfect storm. That would be true. Uh, what was the question? Mark Wahlberg's character survives the perfect storm. True or false? He does not he survive. Dies at the end. Chad, that's a fail. That is a fail. In Signs, what does Mel Gibson tell Joaquin Phoenix when they're confronting the alien? That water is his we- their weakness. Incorrect. Swing away. Oh, yeah, the line. Frick. In Almost Famous, what does William's mother want him to become? Ooh, good, good question. Note that I'm rolling my eyes back in my head right now as Chad doesn't know the answers. I don't know the question I'm better than this. You are. At least I thought you were. Uh, college professor? Uh, that's the third incorrect in a row. Architect. Oh, no. Lawyer. A lawyer. 
see if I can find an easy one. Oh. <laughs> this film involves characters undergoing a procedure to erase painful memories from the past. Eternal sunshine of the spots. Wow, he got one. Last question. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> mm. We're going to get a new producer. Which of these films won Academy Award for Best Picture in the early 2000s? Gladiator, The Gladiator. Pianist, Gangs of New York, Mystic River. Gladiator, come on. So I gave it to you. You asked me questions. But you don't need, all you I do asked you question, easy you, questions because you got the you hard throw ones out the wrong. year and I'll tell you what won Best Picture. All right. That. That's a challenge. That's what we're going to do. This is getting... Uh, getting heated? Hang on. Wait, guys. I'm sorry. What year are you putting in? No, no. I'm going to just like, we're going to do five years. I'm going to throw out the years and Chad's going to have to answer. Wow. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Y'all ready for this? Ready? 1950. The apartment. Incorrect. All about Eve. Uh, 1966. Here's what's tough about these is that you have to remember. They can't hear you. 1966 is. Dun, 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 Oliver. A Man for All Seasons. Uh, oh, wow. Oliver was actually 1968. Nice try, though. Uh, 1976. 1976 is. Uh, it is you should know this one that's correct 1985 1985 is out of africa that's actually correct oh yeah meryl streep and uh 1977 1977 is annie hall that's correct When they do the, when you say it was like the best picture, so the 1976 best picture winner? Yeah. Does that mean that the movie came out in 76 or 75? Uh, it came out in 70. It's the year before, right? Yeah. yeah. So the 1977 Academy Awards were took place in April in of 1978. 78, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. yeah. So this concludes segment two of Stump the Coop. Who has been stumped now two episodes in a row. He's only getting two out of three. Best picture one I did well on. I should have got All About Eve. The 66 one is tough, man, for all seasons. That's a trashy, trashy film to win best And 50? Yeah, 50, All About Eve's a great movie. And I, I think Chad has a preference for years, and I think it's showing. I think maybe he should diversify his interests. No, I, I, and on that note, we're ending this episode of <laughs> Stump the Coop. Thanks for coming, guys.